Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 10.10 a.m. here on Saturday, July the 2nd. And the Karen Carnival protesters return to Ontario over this long weekend. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I have to apologize to my listeners out there. Um, I mean, things can go wrong very quickly when you're doing a live show. You touch the wrong button. You touch the wrong control. And now, all of a sudden, the show is dis- is uh, disrupted. Sound goes off. And it's annoying, and I apologize for that. Um, anyways, you know, yesterday being July the 1st, it was Canada's birthday, 155 years. And also, you know, we are actually sharing the same long weekend with the United States because Monday, July the 4th, is Independence Day in the United States. So we have the Friday off, the United States have the Monday off, and um, yeah, the weather too, you know, has been uh, pretty good. We had a little bit of rain yesterday afternoon, but nothing Um, that really disrupted any plans for people to uh, gather and um, celebrate uh, Canada's uh, 155th uh, birthday. Uh, You know, so even going out a a month back or whatever like that, um, protesters um, planned on um, ascending on our capital, uh, the city of Ottawa, over this long weekend and claimed to have plans to set up camp um, east of the city on some private property and um, hold protests um, for freedom and federal mandates of COVID-19. Uh, throughout the summer. So, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around of, you know, what freedoms are they out there protesting about. Here across Ontario, you know, the largest province, um, Provincially, we don't have any restrictions. At the, you know, at the federal level um, for domestic flights, 
Um, there's no more mask mandate. There's no proof of vaccination. All public transit, whether it's um, taking the bus, taking the train, taking the ferry. Um, there's no proof of vaccine, no mask mandates. Um, you're free to go out and about and uh, conduct your business. Whatever you're going to be doing, um, there is a couple exceptions uh, or rules. I should say that is still in place, really. Is, um, you know, when it comes to mask wearing, uh, retirement homes, nursing homes, um, hospitals have that option um, to ask you to wear a mask if you're going to visit somebody in the hospital. Um, makes sense, you know. Um, thank you for, for joining me. Um, I gotta say, you know, I was out here like, um, almost, well, 10 o'clock this morning, you know, and just, you know, like I was saying at the start of my show, you know, a disruption happens and then all of a sudden, I have no sound. And that's the thing about doing a live show. I mean, it's so unpredictable. <clears throat> you know, um, something goes away and it interrupts my show. I'm not happy about that. Listeners are probably not happy about that. You know, and, um, you know, I mean, I... I I spent some money to do this show, you know, to get, you know, decent microphones, to get a decent interface, you know, um, a, a second monitor, you know, to have my, to have my show up on and then to have my laptop, um, in front of me. And like I say, I mean, you just, touch something and that's the end of it you know i was like 15 minutes into the show and had to restart it so this long weekend canada day yesterday 155th birthday for canada and like I said earlier, uh, the United States is, will be celebrating Independence Day on July the 4th, which is Monday. So we're kind of, you know, sharing the same whole long weekend. We have yesterday, um, yesterday off and Americans are going to have the Monday off. So, you know, we kind of celebrate together too when it ends up like this, you know, which is really nice. You know, with our our uh, friends, our neighbors next door, the United States. Now, protesters march for freedom. I can't even believe that this is still going on. The entire province of Ontario that I reside in have no restrictions. At the federal level, um, 
I think it just comes to um, border crossing and um, international travelers coming to Canada. Couple uh, of mask mandates are still in place for nursing homes and retirement homes. Uh, the hospitals have the option to ask you to wear a mask if you're going to visit somebody in the hospital, which makes sense. Flying domestically, there's no restrictions. Whether you're going to take the train, you're going to take the bus, you're going to take the ferry. There's no restrictions there. The other restriction federally is that they still have um, vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates um, for essential workers. So anybody, you know, being next door neighbors with the United States, you have essential workers that cross in the United States and work in the United States. You have truckers crossing uh, into, the United, into the United States, but you have to be fully vaccinated. That's what is left. In, you know, at the federal level. Now, being Canada Day yesterday, of course, you know, Ottawa, the capital of Canada, you know, um, is, is obviously prone to to protests, um, celebrations, such as Canada Day. You know, people ascend on the capital to to celebrate. So what freedoms they're talking about, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, lots of people, I mean, obviously, you know, going to Ottawa to celebrate and people who live in Ottawa celebrating Canada Day yesterday. Um, obviously, there, there was more people celebrating Canada Day than there was actual actual protest you know they estimated you know maybe a couple hundred protesters um protesting um for your freedom now <laughs> they they set up uh, different routes, um, the whole downtown area um, of, uh, of Ottawa and surrounding the, the parliament buildings was closed off to traffic. No cars, no trucks, none of that stuff was allowed to go down there. So these organizers, um, they had to reroute their march learning that the Supreme Court was fenced off as part of an extra security measures. And when they arrived back at Parliament Hill, 
Um, supporters were frustrated to hear that they would need to submit to a search and security check to enter the grounds for planned speeches and scheduled dance parties, with some refusing to enter the security lineup and the crowd of marchers largely dispersed. So I guess they, you know, that didn't pan out for them. So, um, one protester is like they're here because this is uh, darkness versus the light. I don't even know what that, I don't even know what that means. Um, there was a group called the Stand for Thee. First time I even heard of them. I don't know. It's a woman with a group. Stand for Thee. Stand for Thee. Which has been handing out copies of the Bill of Rights. And calling for Trudeau's arrest. Now the Bill of Rights was superseded in 1982 by the Charter's Rights and Freedoms, so they can't even get anything straight. Did they not check to see if they had the right charters? Now that rights and freedom, which governs the governs the application of laws at the both the federal and the provincial levels. See, the nineteen eighty two Charter's rights and freedoms was like it replaced the Constitution. Now, you're not, so, you know, yes, you can, you know, yes, you can protest and everything and make sure that it's all quiet and everybody's behaving themselves. Um, You can't impede, you can't intimidate, you can't harass or assault other people. Now, so they, this, this, I guess this little small group uh, called the Stand for the had set up some sort of table blocking walkways, which would be, would be impeding others which you can't do. And so this one protester um, who refused to give her name told the crowd, everything they're doing is in violation of our rights. Do your job Go into the hill and take down the people that have created Tranny, she said. She sounds like Donald Trump. And no one took her up on that suggestion and the the protesters dispersed. 
not long afterwards. And that disruption, you know, lasted about 20 minutes. Now, over the course, you know, from January to February, because if you're watching the news or you read the news or whatever the case may be, you know what happened here in Ontario, Canada, January and February with the, the Freedom Convoy that set up blockades using their vehicles disrupting the lives of the people who live in Ottawa. Harassing, intimidating, threatening, impeding. Throughout that whole three-week fiasco, So the federal government enacted the Federal Emergency Act, which gave the authorities more power to remove that so-called freedom convoy. And any other protests that were blocking roadways infrastructure, bridges, border crossings, that it gave the authorities the tools and if needed, use whatever force necessary to disperse you. And that meaning that all federal authority from the RCMP to the Ontario Provincial Police to city police, that they all could work together and they all could work in the same jurisdiction and they all could make arrests. So going back a little bit to where they started arresting the first people of this Karen Carnival, the so-called Freedom Convoy organizers in Ottawa. I think there's still a couple of them that are still sitting behind bars. Others got, uh, got bail and they have bail conditions. You know, it, if you are released on bail and you're given conditions and if you break one of those bail conditions, you could potentially end up back behind bars. Now this one, she was basically, um, she was the she was the voice of that so-called freedom convoy back in January and February, and um, she was one of those that were arrested. She spent eighteen days in jail, and she was eventually um, given bail. Um, she had to have a a surety 
meaning that whoever was putting up this mail, bail money was to make sure that she follows all bail conditions. Another one of her bail conditions that she was not to be on any social media. She's not to be in contact with any other organizers of that so-called freedom protests. Now, she was rearrested for breaking a bail condition. But prior to that, she was offered or she was going to be getting a freedom award. And she, you know, through social media, which she's not supposed to be on, you know, was grateful and thankful to be, you know, chosen to get this Freedom Award. I mean, how do you get a Freedom Award? I mean, you have to liberate a country from war. I don't even know. I don't even know how that works. So, I guess the prosecution, you know, because she had made contact at that time in early June, that this was a violation of one of her bail conditions. The judge didn't see it that way. So, what the judge ultimately did, saying, okay, you know, you can go back to Ontario. She lives in Alberta. You can go back to Ontario. You can go to the city of Ottawa, but you cannot go in the downtown area. She's like a fish in water. You throw her the bait, she takes it. So on June the 16th, she's at this big gala. We received this Freedom Award. And lo and behold, there is a member of this Freedom Convoy, but she is not to have contact with. Also at this gala. And she's making contact with him, sitting beside him, talking to him. Around the 28th of June, somewhere around there, there was a Canada-wide warrant put out for her arrest. She was rearrested on June the 30th. 
I think she spent like six days in the holding cells there in Alberta. And then she was transferred back to Ottawa where she's spending the whole long weekend back in jail. So July 5th, Tuesday, I guess they're going to have a full day of a bail hearing again. I mean, do, do people not, do you not learn, do you not learn your lesson? And, and you're given bail conditions and you just go break a bail condition or maybe a couple bail conditions. What do you think is going to happen? See, uh, she has so many different, there's so many different bail conditions on all these organizers of this so-called Freedom Convoy back in January, February. She cannot organize any kind of protest and is not allowed to contact or communicate with 10 other convoy leaders, except in the presence of counsel. And she failed to do that, failed to comply with that on June the 16th, like I said. It was the same day that she accepted an award during a ceremony in Toronto. Now, one of her friends she says she she describes i don't even i don't even know if she even knows her but she 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 uh describes this this one protester as a friend and posted a photo to her facebook page showing her with her, her husband and four other intend attendees in which one of these attendees was one of the people she was not to have contact standing arm in arm, talking, whatever, making physical contact. So this is what happens when you break a a bail condition. Now she has a whole list of, of, um, charges that she is that she is facing um, when they do get around to setting a court date. You know, um, whenever that's going to be, you know, because I mean, court dates are always, courts are always backed up anyway, so you know, whenever that happens, um, she has a whole, um, now her charges, you think this is the, like, is, is petty, but you know, it's pretty serious, you know, She faces charges of mischief, 
counseling mischief, obstructing police, counseling to obstruct police, counseling intimidation, and intimidation by blocking or obstructing one or more highways for her role as, as one of the organizers of this protest that shut down much of the downtown Ottawa back in January and February. And when I first read this article, you know, like a week ago or something like that, it was like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that she, I mean, I don't know if she's naive or, or just plain stupid. Now, all in all, you know, the, um, the candidate, um, festivals that took place yesterday, um, all in all went really well. You know, like I said, there was, uh, more people, um, in Ottawa celebrating Canada's birthday and, you know, just basically ignoring, uh, uh, you know, ignoring um, these freedom marches. You know, uh, I, I just, I, I can't, um, I can't understand What they're what they're marching for we don't we we have like i said you know whatever restrictions are left are at the federal level and it's not even a handful provincially when it comes to like i said when it comes to to the provincial you know for uh, retirement homes and nursing homes you wear a mask if you are visiting a loved one or you're visiting somebody in the hospital the hospital has that option to ask you to wear a mask. You don't have to. The United States still has in place Canadians crossing land border in the United States, you have to be fully vaccinated. whether you're an essential worker or not, and vice versa. January the 15th is when the federal government put that into place, and the 21st of January is when the United States put that, that rule into place. We can't do anything about what the United States does. Now, 
back when I was talking about the, the these uh, protests in Ottawa back in January and February, you know, uh, with reference to the the truckers. You know, they, they, you know, they wanted you to believe that it was the government's fault that they could not work because they couldn't cross the border. Now, being a trucker myself, I know that not to be true. Because you can work domestically. You can cross Canada, you can work home daily. There was no rhyme or reason behind their their antics to to try to get people on on their side and saying, Oh, you know, I lost my job now because of these these federal rules that we have to be vaccinated and in order to, you know, cross the border back into Canada and, you know, in the United States saying the same thing. Um, So now the government, the federal government, so the truck driver vaccine will be in place until at least September the 30th. And there's been no change on the American side for entering the United States via the land border. Now, these restrictions have been in place since January the 15th. Now, the rules are maintained even as mandatory vaccination requirements have been suspended for workers in federal related air, rail, and marine sectors, as well as domestic and international travelers, the Canadian Trucking Alliance notes. So, you know, no one, you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, no one from the World Health Organizations or or top doctors here in Canada or top doctors in the United States or any place around the world has said that this pandemic is over. No one has declared it over. Now, the trucking industry is divided over vaccine mandates. Now, members of the trucking industry appear divided over whether truck drivers should be required to vaccinate against COVID-19. 
Now, in a monthly pulse survey of today's trucking readers conducted um, back in January, 52% agreed with the mandates. 52% agreed with the mandates. While 48% opposed the idea, just over one third, 38% had vaccine mandates within their workplaces. Now this was like 711 responses included a cross section of drivers, owner operators, fleet managers, and executives. And the, the, the results were similar across the job functions um, among the 298 drivers and owner operators, 53% agreed truck drivers should be required to vaccinate. 55% of the fleet managers and owners took the same stance. And the survey was conducted after Canada and the United States imposed these vaccine uh, vaccine mandates, like I said, on the cross-border drivers. And when the convoys of those protesting vaccine mandates and other public health guidelines um, began to roll, Canada's vaccine mandate was imposed, like I said, on the 15th of January. Now, 22% of those responded to the survey said employees have left their workplace specifically because of the vaccine mandate for cross-border truck drivers. And just over 46% said they had personally changed jobs because of it. And among the survey, 29% expected uh, the most unvaccinated cross-border truck drivers to begin driving domestic routes. Now, like I said, they wanted you to believe that it was the government's fault that they couldn't work when they could. Now, I'm not surprised with, with these, with these, you know, percentages, you know, more on the side of saying, yes, you should be vaccinated, whether you're a truck driver another essential worker that cross borders and works in the United States and comes home every day, whatever the case may be. So, you know, federally, you know, and, and it comes in, and it comes to with foreign nationals coming to Canada, you know, you have to, Go on the Canada Arrive app and fill out your information. 72 hours before you arrive in Canada.
kids under the age of 16, they don't have to show proof of vaccination as long as their parents or guardian is vaccinated. So what are they protesting? I have my freedoms. I always have. You know, I talked, you know, I talked about this before, the the, the freedoms and charters of, of Canada. Now your rights and freedoms or whatever are not absolute. As long as the government, federally or provincially, can show just cause. Pandemic is just cause. And I've said this from time and time again. Your elected officials who you go and vote for have a sworn duty to protect. Our rights weren't taking, weren't taken away. You were restricted. Now, restrictions can only be placed on only for a period of time. And then be lifted. And if needed, restrictions be put back in place for a period of time. Now, if the government were to restrict you like, you know, shut down non-essential businesses and closing schools and um, owning, allowing essential services to operate. And if that went on for a long period of time in a long stretch, that would not be allowed. Throughout the course of this pandemic, Oh, these last two years. You know, I think we, you know, we, we had to, you know, close non-essential business and, and, and shut down schools. Um, I don't think it was more than three times, maybe four throughout the course of this pandemic. All schools remained open the entire school year. Which is great for the kids. College, universities.
So this small fringe of protesters, you know, which they claim that they're going to hold protests throughout the entire summer. Every weekend, I guess, for the entire summer. Protest for for our freedom. Hmm. Yeah. That doesn't... um, That doesn't even make sense. Running around with signs as freedom written on it, hollering freedom or yelling freedom. You know, they 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 don't and, and we and we probably don't even understand um what it would be like to, you know, live in China or North Korea or Russia. I mean, you don't even have the right to vote in those places. If you speak out against the government in those places, you disappear forever. Maybe your family too. Freedom. Losing your freedom. I mean, look look what's happening in uh, Ukraine. People have to flee their country. And seek safe haven in other places around the world. Now, whether Russia will be able to take Ukraine, it's a real possibility, and be under the the, uh, Putin regime of no freedoms. So what freedoms are they talking about here in Canada. What freedoms do I not have here in Canada? Well, I have all my freedoms. 
not doing me any favors or anybody else or my other fellow Canadians not doing them any favors of marching downtown Ottawa and around Ottawa yelling freedom. You're making an ass of yourself. Nobody really, you know what, frankly, nobody really cares. Nobody, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, what are they, like, are they, I don't know what they're looking for, you, you know, they want people to pay attention to them. You know, I'm only going to mock you. You know, I'm, I'm only going to call you out. You know, of what part of, of the charters and freedoms do you not understand? What part of the charters and freedoms are taken away from you? Now, if you listen to my show back, I think it was on the 29th, you know, the funny thing about the, the charters and freedoms here in Canada there is a notwithstanding clause in there. And what that means is that any province or territory, so the premiers, if there's something that they don't agree with in the Charters of Freedoms, they can use the notwithstanding clause. You know, for instance, when it comes to um, religion. So in your beliefs, you know, whether you wear, um, whether you wear a cross, um, you wear a scarf, uh, you wear a hijabab, you wear a turban, you can't. Wear any of that stuff in the province of Quebec if you work as a public servant. How ridiculous is that? That's what the, the, the notwithstanding clause in the Charters of Freedoms. Bill 21, when it comes to, you know, uh, the French language in Quebec. I talked about that on the, on the 29th of June. Yes, I get it that, you know, Quebec wants to preserve the French language. It's a French-speaking province, but not everybody, you know, speaks French like 
consistently speaking French every single day. I mean, I've been to the province of Quebec and there's, there's plenty of people that speak English. And even in the English public schools, they're now telling them that they have to have three 45-hour lessons in French. I get it, you know. I mean, French and English is, is the two languages here in Canada. Whether you speak it or not, or you choose not to. Well, you don't have to. But now, according to the government in Quebec, you have to. And that is using the notwithstanding clause. And they can go through the charter... Like I said, if there's something that the government wants to change, they can use the notwithstanding clause. And if it ended up in the Supreme Court of Canada, the notwithstanding clause can override that decision. your rights and freedoms in the United States. The U.S. Supreme Court of the United States overturned the Roe versus Wade, taking away the rights of women. Their body, their choice. Apparently not. So your rights and freedoms are not absolute. It's not a free-for-all, ladies and gentlemen. The higher courts can overturn whatever they seem unconstitutional Or if it was, they can change it. You take your freedoms and liberties for granted. You were born free. Free to go out and about and and live your life and be a productive citizen. Obeying the laws, paying your taxes, raising your family. 
And then your freedom of choice is taken away from you. You get restrictions placed upon you. Thinking, no, government can't do that. Well, the government sure in the hell can. Yes, we have the right to protest. That's democracy, right? That's part of a democracy. Go out there and, and, and you voice your, your concerns and your opinions. You, as, you assemble peacefully. You have your say. Then you go home. You know, a lot of things have changed. You know, especially after this, this freedom convoy fiasco in Ottawa back in January and February, you know, and and I'm still, you know, thinking back, thinking how in the world Did they, the, you know, the authorities in, in Ottawa, you know, the government, police agencies, or anybody else, how did you not see what was coming your way? When this all began, and, you know, I was you know, reading about this and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not good. This is not going to end well. I mean, the sheer size of that convoy coming from the Western provinces into Ontario, you would think it would set off Some bells in your head. And just be naive. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. They're just going to come here, have their day protest, drive around, blow their air horns, and go home. Other smaller convoys from other cities here in Ontario were also making their way to Ottawa back in January and February. And some were even saying out loud that we're going to stay there for as long as it takes. Wouldn't that ring a bell? The handling of it was just in my my opinion was just stupidity
when they realized it was when they realized what was happening, it was too late. It went from a protest to an occupation. Blocking roadways, side streets, impeding, intimidating, harassing. And at that time, businesses were allowed to open. in and around that downtown core. The shopping mall that was down there had to close its doors. Because at that point in time, we had restrictions in place. And one of them was the mask mandate in any public building that you entered, you had to wear a mask whether you liked it or not. Businesses that were allowed to open, all businesses, I mean, they could open, but with restrictions. Capacity and mass work. Social distancing. But it came very clear that this freedom protest back in January and February you know, prevented businesses from opening. Impeding business owners' rights to open. It became apparent And it became illegal very quickly, but again, too late for the authorities to do something at the provincial level. And it wasn't until the federal government enacted the Federal Emergency Act. And maybe you saw it on, on your national news, because I'm sure it went worldwide. When the authorities moved in, to take down that obstruction, that chaos. It wasn't a protest any longer, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it doesn't take anybody to, it's not rocket. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out.
So they can go about, you know, over the summer months, protest of whatever federal mandates are left. And oh, by the way, the, the government is on summer vacation. Provincial government is on vacation. But they will will respond if there's problems. I don't suspect there's going to be any problems. You might have the, the odd hiccup here and there. A couple people get arrested for bad behavior. You know, obstructing whatever. It'll probably happen. It already did Four people got arrested yesterday for bad behavior. I mean, if you can't go and protest and just stay out of trouble or cause trouble, don't go and protest. If you're there just to cause trouble, then you deserve to be arrested. That's your own damn fault. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. So there's one Freedom Convoy organizer. Like I said, here she is. Back behind bars. Because you just couldn't follow one simple bail condition. Not to have any contact with any other organizers of that Karen Carnival. And now she's back in Ottawa behind bars. I don't know what happens to the people who put up who put up her surety, who put up the, the bail money. I don't know what happens to that. I mean, they're out of that cash now. I mean, it was something like twenty thousand dollars. And this one individual claiming to be, you know, an acquaintance, a friend of hers, claiming to be, takes those photographs and puts it on this individual's Facebook. Well, I guess you can't be too careful now, can you be? The her her the people that were supposed to be making sure that she was not to have contact or communication with the other organizers. I guess they didn't do their job. Now, if she's, you know, denied bail, 
you know, they find her in contempt, you know, of her, of her conditions. Boy, it's going to be really hard to get another uh, uh, surety to, to put up money to make sure that, you know, she's not going to have any contact with any other elite organizers. I guess we just have to wait and see. You know, even though they have this hearing on, 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 on Tuesday, you know, not going to get their answer that day. You know, probably won't be till maybe the Friday or maybe even the following Monday before the judge will make a decision whether to, you know, to release her or keep her. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I don't feel sorry for her. She knew the conditions. And the moment that she got to Toronto and the moment that she saw one of the individuals that she was not to have contact with, she should have been in an about face and left. But she didn't. She broke up bail condition and this is where she's at. In the detention center in Ottawa. Oh well. well. I want to thank you for taking the time and joining me this morning. And again, I apologize about this morning. You know, I started my show like at 10 o'clock in the morning here. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get this disruption, you know, in the system. And it's like, okay, well, well man, I, you know, I got no sound. But what the hell? But anyways, I apologize for that. Um can't really do you know when when things are live you know when something goes away i mean it's like i can't do anything about it so but i thank you for uh for the ones who were on there earlier you know uh, rejoining me um again this morning um take care um enjoy the rest of your weekend here across southern ontario it's beautiful blue skies nice and warm out there um, going into the long weekend for the United States, celebrating your independence. Enjoy your long weekend and be safe. Have fun. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. And I will be back out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, in the trucking industry, um, that uh, some changes that took place um, uh, that came in, in effect um, yesterday, um, July 1st, uh, when it comes to getting your commercial driver's license. So if you'd like to join me at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, um, that'd be great. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, thank you.